Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Discover Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Emmett Hurley. He joined again today by Maria Hauger, one of our senior trainers at Discover Strength. Maria is probably our most decorated athlete in the Discover Strength company. She's an eight-time state champion in cross-country and track. She was the ACC Freshman of the Year at the University of Virginia, Go Cavaliers, and she still holds the state record in the 4K for Minnesota. She's currently an iconic trainer at our Northeast uh, Minneapolis location. She's a certified exercise physiologist, and she holds a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology from the University of Virginia. Maria, I'm so excited to have have you back on today. Please say hello, and we'll just jump right into this episode. Yeah, hello, everyone. Thank you, Logan, for having me back on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, so excited. And probably one of the best episodes we've done so far on the Discover Strength podcast is Maria's recap for the Martin Gabala episode on high-intensity interval training. So for any of our listeners who haven't heard that one, definitely check that out. Today, we're going to be continuing on our mini-series here with all of our trainers at Discover Strength talking about some of the most important topics and questions that clients have when they come into the studios for the first time. So today we're going to be covering three really big ones. The first is soreness. What creates soreness? What does it actually mean as a client or as a trainee when you experience a lot of soreness? Or maybe after training for a while, you don't experience any anymore. The next thing we'll be discussing is workout frequency. What is the optimal workout frequency for clients? And how important are rest days and what should we be doing during those rest days? And then finally, we're going to be talking about the value of the eccentric or the negative portion of the repetition. So Maria, really hard hitting stuff today, a lot of really cool points, and I'm so excited to have you on to have this conversation with me. I'd love for you to kick us off just talking about some big points about soreness mechanism. So why don't you walk us through what creates soreness? What does soreness mean from an exercise perspective? Yeah. So soreness is basically caused by doing something new or like an eccentric training contraction. Um, You usually get more sore when you focus on like a negative only lift. Um, That just means that that's the lowering phase of the workout. Um, But mainly this is if you just are a new client, you've never done this type of training before you come in, you have your first workout or that you have your intro workout. Afterwards, you usually have your most soreness. And that's because this is completely new. It's a new stimulus to your body. Um, and just know that stim, um, the soreness that you have, it's not an indicator if your workout was effective or if you had a great workout that day. Soreness is just caused by, you know, starting a new program. Maybe you did a new activity. You did something differently. You started a new workout routine. Um, we've had people that have been training with us for, you know, 14 years and they start a new card and they're a lot more sore just because they've been doing, you know, a card for like five weeks and now they're onto a new routine and this creates a new level of soreness. Also increasing the intensity of the workout. So say maybe you're moving faster during that workout than you did last time, or you're lifting a little bit heavier weight on an exercise, like leg press, you get a little more sore in your glutes the next day, Um, or you went into a new sequence, like you're doing leg press into a walking lunge that can create a a different level of soreness. So um, just know that soreness is, you know, not the main indicator of an effective workout, but um, it's definitely a normal and, um, side effect of a workout is you can get sore and that's, is an okay, good thing. Yeah. So I'd love to dive into each of these points just a little bit more with you because you just touched on so many great things there. And I think the first and foremost is 
soreness being caused by novelty, right? So regardless of the exercise stimulus, whether it's a discover strength workout, and I'm, I'm sure many of our clients remember that first introductory workout they did when they left the studio the next day, they're like, oh my God, I can barely get out of bed. But that's great. It's an awesome selling point for us. But you and I know, and the research shows, that's not necessarily indicative of an effective workout. So we could do something totally ridiculous with somebody. We could have them doing box jumps and running all over the place and doing plyometrics, and they'd still get really sore. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they got an effective workout. So so important when people first come in to realize that that soreness is simply the novelty, right? So you gave some examples there talking about maybe starting a new card. Maybe you didn't do lunges on your previous card. Now we've got you doing lunges on this workout. Just that simple switch up of the exercise protocol can cause a drastic level of soreness. And what we typically find, and I'm sure you can, um, you know, uh, agree to this with working with as many clients as you do is typically the beginning of a new workout card people are sore every time. Oh my God, Maria, what did you do to me? Right. You know? And then by the end of it, it's like, is this working anymore? So why don't we talk about how soreness maybe mitigates over the course of um, kind of getting used to an exercise routine. And does that necessarily translate to, is this workout not effective anymore? If I'm not sore by workout 15, is it doing the same thing that it did on workout one? Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, and it certainly is. And as you progress along the car, that's cool to see where you can, you know, lift weight a little bit heavier, or maybe I'm able to move a little bit more metabolically quicker throughout the workout, like from exercise to exercise. I know that your muscles are still getting the same benefit. You're still getting stronger. Um, you're just not having that same level of soreness because they're used to that, um, like routine. So definitely you still are getting like a good benefit in your workout. If you are, um, you know, still trying to increase your intensity or increase your reps or your weight on a certain exercise. Yeah. And, and such an important point and something that we really want to drive home to clients and listeners, right? Like if you associate soreness with an effective workout, we need to kind of shift that mindset and realize that we can see the data right in front of us, right? If you were super sore after your first routine and you only did 10 reps on your chest press at 200 pounds. And by the end of the card, you're not sore as much anymore, but you're doing 15 reps with 220 pounds. I'm pretty sure you're getting a better workout by the end, right? You've gotten stronger. So again, we just have to kind of get away from this idea of soreness equals effectiveness. So the first workout, like you said, is obviously the source you're going to be. And that applies to any time you do something new. So anytime we change up the routine, anytime we change up the protocols, you're probably going to feel a pretty, pretty uh, deep level of soreness afterwards. And again, just finally, I want to reiterate this point of shifting away from that idea that soreness is the indicator of, of a good workout. We might want to be sore. Uh, you know, for us, the crazy ones, the trainers, right? We like that feeling of feeling like you can't really move too much after your workout. But we know and the research shows again and again that it's not necessarily indicative of, of an actually effective workout. So big takeaway on this one is, yeah, it's great to be sore. It feels good to feel like you've worked on something. But for our clients that are maybe scared of soreness, know that over time it gets better. And we can always find ways to decrease that level of soreness in the long run. And for those people that are crazy like us that really enjoy that sensation, we can definitely do some things to just create that novelty and that stimulus 
stimulus that's going to keep you coming back for more. So the next thing I want to talk about, and same thing, I'd like you to dive in here for us first, is just this idea of workout frequency and rest days. Now, most of our clients, when they come to us, again, they're not used to this idea of really quick and effective workouts twice a week for 30 minutes. They think you have to work out five days a week to get effective results. And we have people on both ends of the spectrum, people that are barely working at it all and people that are doing crazy stuff five, six, seven days a week. Why don't you talk to us about what the research says about what is the appropriate workout frequency and what is the appropriate amount of rest days that somebody might want in between their workouts? Yeah. So a lot of times when people come to us, they think, you know, more is better with strength training. That is the complete false. Um, what you want to do for what all studies show is indicate that two full days of recovery is going to lead to the best between your strength training workouts. So say you train on a Monday and then you want to have another workout either on a, a Thursday or a Friday. And because a week is seven days, you usually always have two days and then a three-day recovery period. And why this is so important is because when you strength train, you tear, you make little micro tears in your muscle fiber. And a lot of times people think that, oh, I'm getting so much stronger when I'm training, training so hard. This is where all the benefits happening. And that's also false as well. This, the, what really is happening is in the recovery phase. And that's where really the magic happens is you get stronger in those two days that you take off from your strength training. So you train really hard, you know, as hard as you can in high intensity, and those two days you come in and those days in between is where you actually get stronger and you get the benefit. So I always like to look at it like, as like a climbing a mountain analogy, where you start at a baseline when you come in, you start at the bottom of the mountain. And then you're training hard. So you're like, you're going to push yourself really hard. Then you, the two days after will be your recovery. So you're going to climb a little higher. Now, if you were to go back into the gym and if you were to do a couple of pushups on your own, you know, in those rest days, you would just continue to dig yourself down. Or you would drop back down the mountain. and you wouldn't actually get the benefits from your workout. So you want to continue to keep climbing up and it's going to help with those rest days and not do any type of pushups or core work. Like people should out, they always ask like, oh, should I do some type of like yoga sculpt or Pilates um, between my workouts? And know that like anything strength related, definitely do not do because you want to make sure that you get the most benefits from your workouts. Now running, doing other types of sports, maybe you just want to be like, you know, stretching yoga because that's what you enjoy. Like, yes, definitely do that. Um, that's fine to do in between your workouts. And sometimes that even helps um, bring down the soreness a little bit as you're going out for a walk, you're going out for a run. Um, but just know that anything strength training related, you should not do in between your workouts. Yeah, so many great points there. And I do love that that mountain analogy you mentioned. And I think it's so important to drive home this idea that we get so caught up in we're we're doing our full workout, we're going through those eight to twelve exercises. This is what's creating the the change, right? Me lifting all these weights up and down, that's what's making me stronger. And unfortunately, it's not right? That's just the stimulus. And if we recover appropriately, we take our 20 to 30 grams of protein, we get eight full hours of sleep, ideally, you know, most nights of the week, that's where that magic happens. That's where your body has the opportunity to actually not just recover, but like you said, push yourself up the mountain a little bit further and make those adaptations that are going to allow you to be a little bit stronger the next time you come in. And again, like you said, the studies indicate two full days of recovery between your strength training workouts is optimal, but you could even stretch that out further, right? We've all got busy lives. We tend to attract busier individuals. 
and it doesn't have to be every two days you're strength training, right? Most of our clients only strength train once, maybe twice per week, usually twice per week, sometimes once. Um, and, and they like to do activities in between. We want you to be able to, you know, go run with your kids, play recreational soccer, whatever it is. But I think one of the things that we get all the time, and I'm sure you can attest to this is what should I be doing in between? Should I go to an orange theory class? Should mm-hmm. I do some pushups on my own? And it's like, no, no, let's just focus on this. What are some strategies, some things you tell newer clients when they first come in, when they just don't seem to understand this idea that twice a week, 30 minutes, how is that going to be enough? How would you talk to someone about that? Yeah. Um, the main thing is I focus on is intensity. So when you're in here for 30 minutes, I want you to work insanely hard, as hard as you can push yourself. And in that 30 minutes, if you do that, you shouldn't want to go home and, you know, do more push-ups or, you know, do some squats, whatever, by just giving everything you have in these 30 minutes, your twice a week, um, two times a week workouts, you're going to lead, you're going to get the best results. And, and then you can, you know, go do your, you know, cardio, if you like to do your running or whatever it is, but leave the strength training to your two times a week, work insanely hard in those 30 minutes and you're going to get the results. Yeah. And I think, you know, the research just continues to pile on about the, uh, things that can be accomplished with extremely efficient strength training, as long as you're doing exactly what you just said, they're giving a high level of momentary effort. So there's a great paper and we'll make sure to link to it in the, uh, in the show notes here from Brad Schoenfeld recently, who's probably the premier exercise physiologist, uh, in the country, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, definitely look him up on ResearchGate. He's got so many publications, but he recently published a study called no time to lift, which was just a meta-analysis looking at different resistance training strategies for people who are time strapped. And again, as long as you're working with a high level of intensity, it doesn't matter lightweights, heavyweights, necessarily how many sets you're doing. You just need to work hard and give your body time to recover and you're going to get all the benefits. And I think the the thing that really is freeing for people, and, and I'm sure you've experienced with this with other clients that you have is it gives them time back, right? It gives them freedom to do those other things that they enjoy doing. So when somebody first comes in the door and says, what else do I need to do? I'm always saying, just do this for a little while, right? Give it three months, give it four months, really just focus on the strength training, working as hard as you can. And I think naturally you'll see that you become more active, that you want to hang out with your grandkids, that you want to go canoeing or kayaking or whatever summer activities, you know, Minnesota may bring to you. So just so many important points there. Thanks everyone for listening so far to this episode with iconic trainer and exercise physiologist, Maria Hauger. We want to take a moment here quick to hear from our CEO, Luke Carlson. If you've ever thought about what it would be like to own a Discover Strength franchise, please pay attention here and please get in touch with us if this is something you're interested in. At Discover Strength, we believe you should be able to build the career you want while doing work that changes lives. Imagine owning a distinguished fitness business backed by a market-tested business model where efficient 30-minute workouts are provided to your clients by expert, educated personal trainers. Imagine building a thriving business while doing work that you love with people you love. If this speaks to you, you should speak to us. Schedule a call to complete your pre-qualification screening so you can start falling back in love with your work. 
If owning a franchise is something you're interested in, please visit our website at www.discoverstrengthfranchise.com. Thanks everyone for listening, and now back to this awesome episode with iconic exercise physiologist, Maria Hauger. And the last thing we want to talk about today, Maria, and then we'll kind of wrap this whole conversation up. And you touched on it a little bit in the beginning here with the soreness mechanisms is the value of the eccentric, right? So for clients who don't, don't know the eccentric, a strength training rep can be broken down into two phases, right? The concentric is the lifting portion of the exercise and the eccentric is the negative or the lowering of the weight. Now there's all kinds of cool technology now that focuses just specifically on the eccentric, but we can do so many things even at a place like Discover Strength that really shows the value of the eccentric. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about why this second half, this lowering phase is so important and some strategies that we can implement with clients from a rehabilitation perspective, just from a uh, intensity perspective, if maybe they don't have enough to give, talk to us about some of that. Yeah. So why the eccentric, the lowering phase of lift is so important because that's where you can actually make deeper inroads in the muscle fiber. So everybody thinks, you know, even if you're watching the Olympics, those big heavy weight lifters, like, oh, I lifted the weight and they just slam it down. That's the worst thing you can possibly do because the eccentric is where you're actually going to get deeper into the muscle fiber. And that's going to create that soreness. So especially if you're an intense client and you like to be sore after you want to focus on longer negatives. So we have no negative only workouts at the end of a, like a hard, um, just normal set as a client, we can, or as a trainer, we can give the client, um, like hard, heavy negatives. So for example, if you're doing like an ab exercise, we can add weights and we can do three heavy negatives to finish the set. And that just intensifies the scent, but also gets a little bit deeper in that muscle fiber. Um, another thing that's cool about a negative only workout is you think a lot of times people think, Oh, negative only, or like lifting a little bit heavier is only for intense clients but that's actually completely false is you can do this with any population. You can do this. It's shown in all this study that studies that you can do this with the elderly. And it's actually a cool way to have a little bit more intense workout without being as metabolically fatigued. So research has shown that it's a lower, has a lower metabolic impact. Um, even though you can work the muscle a little bit harder without exhausting yourself as much, you can do like a heavy negative, um, or just a negative only set where you do eight reps of, um, a 10 second negative with a heavier weight than you could do to set a two, four pace. Yeah. So uh, again, so many cool points here and, and the eccentric is something we love to play around with at discover strength. And if you haven't had an opportunity in one of your workouts to do something like a negative only set, like Maria was just talking about there, or even um, some negatives at the end of a regular set, I would definitely talk to your trainer about maybe implementing some of those strategies just to see what it feels like. Cause it's definitely a different sensation than just going regular two, four reps to, to positive failure. But I think some of the big things that we really want to focus on here is just the strength and hypertrophy benefits um, are just incredible, right? And, and for our listeners that have been following us since the beginning here, we did a great episode a while back with Omar Valdez, who's a uh, research uh, student at, uh, gosh, I'm blanking again on his university. I want to say it's in Chile, um, but I can't think of the name of the university off the top of my head, but definitely check that episode out. What he and his colleagues did was actually some eccentric only training and cross transfer benefits on a non-working arm. So what this means is eccentric training can be a great strategy if you're injured, 
right? A lot of times people, we get yep. so many runners that discover strength, they might have a, an injury. Maria, talk to us about how we could utilize an eccentric only workout in some strategies for somebody who maybe has a bad knee or a bad shoulder. What might that look like in their strength training session? Yeah. So say they have a limited range of motion or something is going on that we can't do, you know, the concentric, then the, what the trainer can do is we can lift the weight for them and they can do a longer negative. And this is going to allow them to still get into that muscle fiber. So get the benefit of benefit of lifting, but they don't have to do any of the concentric lifting phase, or we can even just do a single arm. So they can't use that limb, the other limb. Um, and it will, there's a lot of research showing that there is a bilateral transfer. We can still get the benefit in the injured limb. So a lot of times people think that, oh, I'm injured. I can't train. I can't do anything. You can always strength train no matter what um, and work around that injury. And you're going to still get the benefit in the injured leg even. Yeah. So, so just to kind of clarify again, what exactly we're talking about here, this would be, say you have a injured right knee, right? You can't do anything on that right side. Well, we know there's so much damage uh, and negative consequences that could happen from simply doing nothing, just letting that muscle atrophy, just staying off of it for say six, eight, 12 weeks. But this incredible, um, you know, eccentric transfer effect that we have, we could do something with your left leg, right? So maybe we do a set of leg extensions just with your left leg. And the research shows that your right side is not only going to maintain the lean tissue that it has, but even because it's not working, it can actually add muscle mass on that side. So just incredible implications from a rehabilitation perspective. And this is just a really fascinating area of research um, that I'd love to see more, more going forward. But I, I think, again, just from an intensity perspective, it's so important to, to let people know eccentrics are such a great tool for somebody who's already super intense and wants to just add a little more. And then even for clients who may shy away from that extra weight, who think, oh my God, I don't want to lift heavy. Like this is such a wonderful tool to, like you said, keep the intensity high, but the metabolic aspect of the workout, that feeling like you're completely running out of breath and oxygen to decrease it quite a bit. So I'll do eccentric only training with somebody who's 75, 80, 85 years old, and they have a great workout, mostly because they're not doing any of the positive stuff. I'm the one over there lifting all the weight for them, right? But they just have to lower it and they're still going to get really impressive benefits and really awesome strength training benefits just from lowering the weight. So such a cool area of research and something we're excited to see more on in the future. Maria, I just want to wrap all this up with you quick before I let you go here. So big takeaways again, soreness mechanisms. Why don't you run us through the big ones? I'll take the next one and then we'll finish together on that last one. So what are, what should clients be thinking about when it comes to soreness? Yeah. So soreness is caused by doing something new and eccentric, where we eat some of the contractions that we just talked about. Um, often after your intro workout, your first workout um, at this level of intensity is when you're going to be the most sore. And just know that soreness is not the main indicator. If you had a great workout, if it was effective workout, uh, we all know we want to be sore, but reality is we don't need to be very sore and still get a very effective workout. Awesome. And then with workout frequency and rest days, remember guys, we don't get stronger from actually doing the workout. We reap those benefits when we recover, we sleep, we get adequate amount of protein and studies indicate that two full days of recovery is the minimum you want to have between resistance training bouts. So at least two days, at least 48 hours, 
Don't be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday person. At the very most, let's do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? Or a Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday kind of routine here. And then between workouts, we really want to avoid other forms of resistance. So this doesn't mean you can't do things like running, uh, you know, cycling, any of those things, but we definitely want to avoid doing things like push-ups, core work, yoga, sculpt, Pilates, anything that's really going to involve some muscular movement. And then finally, the eccentric we just talked about, why don't you run us through that one, Maria, just wrap it up for us one last time. Yeah. So you can get significant strength and hypertrophy benefit in all populations, um, including the bilateral transfer we just talked about, even though the elderly can even do this and be effective. Um, we produce more force essentially than consent and the concentric lift. And just know that that's why it's important to go down slow when you lift a weight. And that's why we always go to two, four cadence is your normal standard at discover strength. Um, also it still has a lower metabolic impact. So we can work the muscle harder without exhausting ourselves as much as the concentric work. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening everyone today. And Maria, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, again, please like, and subscribe to the discover strength podcast on all your favorite platforms. Uh, please share these with your friends, your colleagues, your cousins, people who may be thinking about doing a discover strength workout. Remember guys, we're virtual. We can train anybody anywhere in the world. And Maria would love to meet your uncle in Des Moines or wherever they might be. So please go to discoverstrength.com, schedule a virtual intro if you haven't done so already, or talk to your trainer at whatever your normal location is. Thanks again for listening. Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope you continue to tune in to catch up on the most important information in the field of evidence-based exercise. If you love the Discover Strength podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to me at logan at discoverstrength.com for comments or guest ideas. Please also like and subscribe on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Help us spread the word of smart, efficient training, and we'll continue to help you look and feel your best in a fraction of the time.